Yeah, so we're going to be going uh, tonight into uh, 1 Timothy uh, 1, 15 through 17. So um, if you all want to open up there first, uh, that'd probably be good. But we're going to a little intro first. So um, if you all didn't know, again, I'm Kagan. Um, so tonight what we're going to be talking about is, um, you know, the power in being saved and the power of a personal testimony. So I feel like a really good spot to start with um, would probably be to, like, define what a personal testimony actually is to the Lord. Um, so what that is, you know, a testimony is a testimony of how a saved Christian came to know the Lord. And, and typically, so typically your, your uh, testimony includes, like, where you were before Christ, um, how you came to know the Lord and were saved, you know, when you accepted the Lord into your life, and what your life looks like after Christ. Um, so what I want to look at tonight are just some things about your testimony, like your personal testimony to the Lord, that hold power in them. So it was kind of cool. So like in 1 John 1.12, right? So the Lord says, But as many as received him, uh, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Right? <laughs> um, so we know we are given power after salvation. And that power first comes from the Lord, but it also exists in our testimony, right? So it was kind of cool. Like I was thinking back like two weeks ago, like Vinny was preaching, and, and he brought up, um, you know, how some of us have some goody two-shoes testimonies, right? And I thought that was kind of funny when he brought that up. But, uh, um, but some of us also have some pretty crazy testimonies for the Lord. Like some of us have been through some real stuff, and some of us have, you know, we're lucky enough to come to the Lord early, and, and that's awesome. You know, praise the Lord for that. Um, but the thing that matters in those testimonies um, is that it gives us the power to share the gospel, right? Um, and that's a really important part. And, and as we go through this thing, or this thing, this lesson, uh, we're going to see a little bit more about why that's an important factor in there. Um, but first, I want to uh, start in prayer, if that's cool with y'all, and just ask the Holy Spirit to kind of guide us and uh, for the Lord to kind of, you know, teach us something new that we can take home with us. So, um, so Lord, thank you so much uh, for bringing us all out here tonight to be able to, to hear your word and to be able to apply, you know, scripture to our lives. Um, you know, especially when it comes to our testimonies, Lord, you know, thank you so much for giving us the ability to have a testimony in the first place um, and letting us come to know you and, and giving us that free gift of, of salvation. Um, and Lord, I just want to say, uh, you know, let the, let the Holy Spirit speak through me tonight and uh, let your words be better than mine uh, because we know they are. And um, we love you, Lord. Amen. All right, so now we're actually going to look at first Timothy uh, 1, 15 through 17. So now you can actually open up there. Um, all right, give you all a second here. All right, so what the passage directly says, right? So this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtain mercy um, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Now unto the king eternal, immortal, invisible, and the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. All right, so before we jump into this lesson, uh, I thought it was kind of cool to look up like that first part, I, that, you know, where it says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. That actually only occurs one other time in the Bible. And that is actually in 1 Timothy 4, 9 through 10. So First uh, Timothy 4, 9 through 10 actually says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God uh, who is the savior of all men, 
specifically of those that believe. And then these things command and teach. So, you know what that verse says, right? So we are to labor and to suffer for the Lord because we trust in the Lord, because he's our Savior, and, and praise the Lord for that. And then verse 11, um, I didn't actually put that in the note, but verse 11 is where it says these things command and teach. Um, so Paul is telling Timothy at this point um, to teach people that they will work their ministry and suffer for their ministry, but that they will be able to do that because, they, because of their trust in the Lord. Like, that's awesome. Um, so going back, though, so I want to go back to the original text now. I just thought it was kind of a cool thing that that was only one other time. Um, but in the context of 1 Timothy 1, uh, 15 through 17, it talks about how Christ came into the world to save sinners, of who Paul was chief, right? So now remember, you know, Paul, you know, before he knew Christ, he did some terrible things to the Jews, um, he, or before he was with God. And in 1 uh, Timothy 1.13, Paul states, or Paul, sorry, uh, describes himself as who was a blasphemer, or who was before a blasphemer, and a persecutor, and injurious. Um, so he was all these bad characteristics, right? But then, you know, if we go a little bit, a uh, little back, you know, we go back to Acts 22, uh, 4 through 5. And, uh, you know, I think it's up on the screen. Yeah. So, but what, um, what it goes in here is that Paul gives us another small little glimpse of what he was doing that qualified him as the chief of all sinners. But if you continue on in that same chapter, going from six, verse 6 to 22, um, you know, Paul gets saved. And praise the Lord for that, too, because, like, Paul ended up becoming the greatest Christian and kind of our example of what our walk should be like. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, and the rest of his epistles, which is really cool if you look at them, it's just, it's a testimony that he has to the Lord. Like, all the things that he did, you know, for Christ. And it's a huge part of his testimony. It's, it's a bulk majority of the New Testament, so it's, it's a big deal. You know, his testimony is huge. Um, yeah, so what we're going to do tonight is look at the power of testimonies, right? So how our testimony should be an example of a changed life. And something I want you to think about is, um, is have any of you ever felt like the chief of all sinners, right? And that, that really stuck out to me because I know I have felt like the chief of all sinners. Like, I look back at my old life, and man, I was a dingus. I, I mean, I know I was. And I was doing some terrible things. But like, you know, the Lord... Is, he's awesome because he saved a guy like me and, and he has the power to save you too if you're not saved. If you are saved, then praise the Lord. Like he brought you guys, he brought you know, us that are saved like into a great life. Um, yeah, so, um, so the first thing we're going to look at um, is the power in the gospel, right? So your first blank is going to be the power in the gospel, right? And we're going to be looking at verses 15 and 16 through this one. Um, so before we get into that, though, uh, if you don't know what the gospel is tonight, um, anybody in this room that doesn't know what that is, might be a good time to listen up, because you're going to get the gospel. Um, <laughs> so gospel basically means good news, right? Nothing crazy, just means good news. So what is that good news, right? So let's look at John three sixteen through 17 real quick. So for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Just wow. 
I mean, that's all I can say to read that every time, but, but what that means, so, like, what that means in kind of, like, what we would say is that Christ came to earth as a flesh and blood man. Like, he came, like, you and I, like, you know, touch your skin. That's what Christ came as. So, he came here as a flesh and blood man, but also 100% God. Um, he lived a perfect, a perfect sinless life, and he died on a cross and was buried and was raised from the dead on the third day to save sinners, not just back then, but past, present, and future. And all he wants, for anybody in this room that doesn't know Christ, all he wants is for you to believe in his name and his sacrifice and to admit that you're a sinner. <laughs> That's it. Um, so here's the thing. If you have any questions about that tonight, please find somebody in the room um, you know, that you can talk to. If it's a friend, if it's me, if it's anybody in here, just, I don't know, I can promise you that if you, if you make that decision to get saved, um, that's going to be the best decision you're going to make in your whole entire life. It's going to completely change your life. Amen. So please, talk to somebody if you don't know who the Lord is. Um, yeah, so, um, so, the, so we're going to go back in your center. Like, we're going on like the next point, I think it's in your outline, but it says, you know, to save sinners. So here's going to be some examples of of how, you know, God saves sinners here. So, little FYI here, guys. So, we're all sinners. Everybody in this room, we're all sinners, right? And um, if you think you're not, I got some things to remind you here. Uh, <laughs> so, Romans 5.12, right? So, that one right there says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, um, for that all have sinned. So Adam is the reason that sin entered into the world, and so death passed upon all men because Adam sinned in the garden of good and evil. And if you look back, so what we believe is that, you know, Adam is the start, right? So if Adam sinned and we're all born from Adam, we've all sinned, straight down the line. So that's just kind of something to maybe humble you out a little bit here. But then there's also this other one, right? So Romans 3.23, you know, that says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, right? So I'm going to have a dumb question for you guys. Um, so all doesn't just mean some, right? And I know that sounds dumb to say, but there are people out there that really want to believe that they haven't sinned. <laughs> okay, well, good for them. Uh, it's a lie, but that's the thing. Everybody has sinned. Um, and also, you know, remember back, you know, before, even Paul, even Paul, the greatest model Christian we ever had. Like, if you're looking at somebody as a good Christian, Paul's your dude. He sinned, and, and he was not afraid to tell, tell the world about this. But Paul also made a point when he was sharing his testimony to share the gospel, right? And that's a huge thing right there. So if you look back at our original verse, right? So verse, I believe it's 15 there. So where it says, um, you know, that Christ, what am I, I'm jumping off my notes here real quick, so let me get back there. So verse 15, but Paul talks directly about the gospel, right? So that, you know, Christ came in the world to save sinners. But then verse 16, you know, if you look at that one, that talks about Paul received through salvation. So as this relates back to our testimony, we have to remember to include the gospel in our testimony. Right. You know, without the gospel, first of all, you wouldn't have a testimony we wouldn't have that free gift, right? So we have a testimony because of that. Um, and along, so, uh, but along with, you know, the power to save sinners, right? Um, the power of the gospel is also to change a sinner. It's to change sinners, and that's actually the next point on your outline there. So, yeah, so this is kind of cool. Um, quick, 
so, yeah, so to change sinners, but um, what was kind of cool was, you know, kind of a personal thing with me, when I was going through discipleship, you know, there's these verses that come up and they talk about conversations, right? And, and me, I thought like, hey, a conversation's like, hey, I'm talking to John Pollock, right? Like one-on-one, verbal, like everything like that. But if you look at the Bible, conversation is not just word-to-word mouth, like not just word-to-word, but it's about, it deals with our walk in the world. Um, yeah, so where do we see this? And, you know, I'm not just making this up because in 1 Peter 2.12, we see the actual usage of conversation in this context, right? So right here, so having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. All right? So that's not talking about like, hey, I'm talking to a Gentile. It's like, hey, how I'm walking through the world. Um, so what I want you all to think about when I say that is does your walk with the Lord reflect the gospel? You know, and, and we use some terms here, but there, are you walking in the spirit or are you walking in the flesh, right? And how do you know if you're walking in the spirit? Well, a cool place, and it's going to be the next verse up here, but it's, it's Ephesians uh, 4, 20, uh, 22 through 32. So let's go ahead and look at that. Is that up there? Yeah, okay. Um, so uh, Ephesians 4, 22 through 32 says, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may uh, have to give to him that needeth. And let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to use of edifying, um, that it may minister grace unto the hearers, and grieve not the Holy Spirit, or Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Praise the Lord for that, by the way. Um, and let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. That's awesome. I mean, even right there at the end, you know, even as, you know, for God, or even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you, Man, that's that's a big verse. I don't know, but um, but what that whole what that whole verse up there is, almost fell. Uh, <laughs> but that is a representation of what being the new man looks like, and what um, what putting off the old man looks like, right? So these are the examples of what a changed life sh- or what changes should occur, and be part of your testimony. So a question um, I want to ask you all is, looking back at those verses, right? Do those verses describe your life since you've been saved? Right? A little bit of self-reflection is really good. Um, but if not, let's say those things aren't part of that, maybe it's time to reevaluate how well your walk is demonstrating the changing power of the gospel. Um, you know, going on a little bit further here, so we also see in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 20, 
Um, so therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us uh, to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given us to the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us uh, the word of reconciliation. So now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, right? As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled unto God. All right, so we see a term that kind of comes up here, right? So, um, we are, so we're changed by this word called reconciliation, right? So reconciliation pretty much means, uh, you know, being forgiven of something, right? So in this context, though, well, not though, uh, it talks about being reconciled or, or uh, changed by Christ himself. Then it goes a little bit further, so right? So it goes one step further in letting us know that we now have been given the word of reconciliation, all right, fun question again. So where are, the, where are the words of reconciliation located? Anybody know? Right here. Right here. You know? And, and because we have this book, right, and because we're saved, we are now ambassadors of Christ. So being an ambassador, we have to represent something. That's a big, that's a big thing. That's a big burden to carry on there. Um, but with a little bit of self-evaluation, what I ask you guys is do you feel that you have made changes in your life that show that you are an ambassador of Christ, you know, which was given to you by the abundant mercy of the Lord. Um, so that, that will be kind of like we're going to kind of transition here to the next point, which is the power of mercy, right? So we just mentioned back there about the abundant mercy of God. Well, now let's look at that a little bit more, right? So verse 16 um, yeah, you see a word that comes up that kind of, it stuck out to me, and that word was mercy. So um, we're going to dive a little bit into that. So while I was studying the passage, I, just, I wanted to see how our testimony relates to, to mercy. And um, it was kind of one of those really cool revelations. I was like, duh. Like, without mercy, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have, you know, a testimony. Without the mercy of God, I wouldn't have that, because he had to show forth that to us. Um. So, I mean, just think about mercy, just think about the mercy of the Lord for a second, right? So, remember before we read John 3.16, right? You know, that Christ sent his only son to die for you and me, right? For all sinners. And, and you know, that helps because, you know, it's for it's life everlasting and that we, you know, we're not going to die. I mean, we get to live with the Lord forever. And, you know, because the Lord has promised, you know, that he will not, he's not willing that any of us should perish, but that all of us should come to repentance, right? And that's some big mercy right there, you know, that he's willing to, like, he's willing to wait. He's willing to wait for us to come to that repentance so we can, you know, come to know the Lord. That's it's more than we deserve for what we've done, right? Um, but then I also want to look, too, at another verse here. Um, so there's a verse, it's uh, 1 Peter 2, and it's for, uh, 9 through 10. So what this one says right here, so it's, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, um, and holy nation, a peculiar people, uh, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of the darkness into marvelous light, which in times past were not a people, but are now the people of God, 
which had not obtained mercy. But now we have obtained mercy. <laughs> so think about this, right? So we were once not a people, right? We, we didn't matter, right? Well, we didn't matter, but like, we didn't really matter because we weren't a people. But because we came to know the Lord, we have obtained mercy, are now people of God. You know, and then going a little bit further, you know, if you look in, for, not further, but going back to 1 Peter 1, 3, you know, through mercy, we are given hope. And blessed, or blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You know, your testimony, that should inspire hope to other people, that, that there's something to look forward to. Because we know that today, like, look at the world today, like, right? People don't have hope. I, it's, it's sad to say, but man, like, when you accept the Lord, like, you have something to hope for. You know? And that's, that's amazing. All right, so kind of transitioning a little bit here again, but like, so being, uh, being honest with you guys, I, when I was studying the word mercy, I was like, I, I have to know more about this word. Um, so I, you know, and we're going to be going through some of these things tonight, and it's interesting because when I studied the word mercy, I found two words that regularly come up with mercy. Um, and those two words are peace and joy. And they're, they're going to be coming up here. I don't know if they're blanks in your paper, but they'll be coming up. Um, so I want to show you uh, briefly kind of what I found when looking at the, the words peace and, uh, peace and joy. I'm sorry, peace and joy is what I meant to say. Um, so looking at peace, I just want to give you um, some examples of this, right? So Romans 5.1. So therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So being justified in the faith, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ. It's, that's very simple, you know what I mean? It's just, but you have to have that faith in the Lord. So, um, you know, if going also into 2 John, uh, you know, 1-3, so grace be unto you, or grace be with you, mercy and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. So here, we see mercy is paired with peace and is given to us by Christ and God and is in truth and love, Right? So one last one here was in Jude 1-2, mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Right, so mercy again is paired with peace and love. So why I bring all this up, right? So what seems to stand out here is that when the Lord shows mercy or uses the word mercy, um, he is also sharing peace, which is awesome. Um, and I think it is something important when we share our or when we are sharing our testimony to show that the Lord has peace and also gives us peace. Right? All right, so the next one here was joy. And that was another one that stuck out there too. So um, that comes, where I found a, like a pairing with that was Romans 5, 10 through 11. Um, so for if we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God, right? Through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. So it was cool. When we were at camp, um, this really stuck out to me, this joy. And, and it really it played a big part into where this came from tonight because when we were at camp, I was sitting there with, uh, with Tiber and Ben Roth, right? And we're all sitting in the cabin and we're having cabin time with the kids. And we're giving our testimonies to the, with, to the kids. And Zach brought up something that just stuck out to me. 
And it, and it stuck with me all the way till now because it was something that we had in common in our testimonies. Um, but he talked about how there were things in his life before he got saved that made him happy, right? A lot of things that can make us happy in this world. But he made the point to say that nothing brought me joy. Nothing, nothing gave me true joy. And I agreed with that. Because I never, I mean, I, I look back at my life, and I'm like, I never had joy. Never. Never did I have joy. And I had a lot of things in my life that made me happy, but, but I was just lacking that joy. And if, um, yeah, and after Christ, you know, I have joy in my life because that's part of the fruits of the Spirit. Um, you know, so the only way, I mean, I'll, we'll, we'll segue here, but like the only way to have the fruits of the Spirit in your life is having the Lord in your life, right? So, like, think about that. Like, joy's locked out until you accept the Lord. Like, that's, that's kind of interesting there. Um, so what I want you to do is think about this again personally. So do you have joy and peace in your life? Or are you letting things get in the way of the joy and peace that you can have through the mercy of Christ? You know, it, it's always a good thing to examine yourself in these areas, right? Especially in these two terms in your life. And actually, if you look at those things that are missing, man, if you bring those in, it can help you walk even closer to the Lord. And it gives you the ability to share, you know, it gives you the ability to share um, with your actions, you know, part of your, parts of your testimony, too. And the other thing, too, is like, you know, the happiest moments of my life are like whenever I'm, not happiest, but the joyous points of my life, when I'm sharing the gospel with somebody that has no idea what that even is. That is, that is what joy is. When you see a soul get saved, that's joy. That's the stuff we want to, well, that's the stuff that your testimony can even have the power to do. It's, yeah, it's just, it's, it's an awesome thing, but if you can get that in your life and focus in on those things and keep those there, it can really help you show that to somebody else that maybe he's lacking that joy too. All right, so <clears throat> looking back at mercy, joy, and peace, I think it's probably, good, or probably a good point to talk about, you know, who should get all the honor and glory for all this stuff, right? So that's actually going to be our next point here. So that's the power and honor and glory. All right, so that comes from, from verse 17. Yeah, so where that says, you know, now unto the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Right, so what we see here is we see Paul giving credit to the Lord. And uh, this is very important when it comes to our testimony, and it kind of ties everything all together, right? It kind of brings it all right back to it. So when it comes to the gospel, mercy, honor, and glory, we got to give credit to the, to the Lord. Like That's who gets the credit. So, but along with the credit of our testimony, uh, sorry, along with the credit, our testimony should also magnify the Lord, right? So think about like a magnifying glass, like an ant, like it makes it big, right? Like simple, right? But, but um, yeah, so it should magnify the Lord. And this is pretty clear in, in John 3.30, right? So what he says here is he must increase and I must decrease. You know, and that was, that was John the Baptist, right? John the Baptist was saying, like, hey, dude, like, I got I to gotta get small and, and we got to magnify the Lord. Like, he's coming. Um, so, again, how this ties back into our testimonies, we, we must make sure that the Lord is increased with our testimony. Because the thing that really matters is the Lord is absolutely amazing, amen? You know, and, and what's cool is Job knew this. Job didn't even know the Lord, right? But Job knew this. 
So in Job 36, 24 through or 24 to 25, he says, Remember that thou magnify whose works? His works, which men behold. Every man may see it. Man may behold afar off. So magnify his works because God, you know, he hath begun a good thing in you. And we'll see that through the end. Um, and remember that people will only know that the Lord has done amazing things in your life if you tell them that the Lord has done amazing things in your life. Right. It, it's a pretty simple equation. Like if you're just, if you're saying all these great things and you're giving no credit to the Lord, they don't know. They're just like, oh, cool, this guy's got a good life. But like when you say it's the Lord, man, they get the necessity. They get why then. They're like, oh, dude, I don't have the Lord in my life. Like maybe that's why my life's not, you know, not so great. If I bring the Lord in there, because this guy's talking him up, like, I'm bringing that in my life, and that's going to change my life. So going back, I know we're going to kind of go back on a verse here, but um, it's 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10 again. And I'm just going to read again. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. And this is the part right here. It talks about magnifying the Lord, right? That ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Right, which in times past were not a people, but now are a people, or a people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have uh, obtained mercy. So, we're a peculiar people um, that show forth the praise of the Lord, who has pulled us out of the darkness into his marvelous light. Um, if you are living right, people should notice something peculiar about you, something weird about you, like that they're like, whoa, this isn't, that guy's different than me. But, um, and when they ask why you're different and you say anything but because of the Lord, man, you, you might be saying the wrong thing. You might have a problem there because, like, that's who should get the credit right off the rip. So what I'm asking you guys is please give credit where credit is due and boast the name of Christ with anyone and everyone you see. Um, yeah, <laughs> amen. So, in con- so we're going to go in the conclusion here now. So in conclusion... I want us all to think about the power of each piece of our testimony, right? So we went through just three pieces of the night, but each, po- each piece of your testimony. So we need to remember that by the power of the gospel, you know, we have a testimony before the Lord. Um, we also need to remember that our testimony should reflect the power of the gospel to save sinners, but also to change sinners. Um, we need to remember that through God's abundant mercy, we are given the ability to share our testimony to others in the world and reflect the joy and peace given to us uh, by Christ through, sa- by, through his sacrifice. So finally, never forget who should get all the credit, right? So the Lord brought you out of the pit and he called you to be part of his family and to share his name and his life with others. Um, there was one thing, it's not in your notes, but if you guys want, can you guys turn to Ezekiel, uh, it's Ezekiel chapter 3, and then we're going to be looking at um, verses 18, yeah, 18 and 19 there, right? It's not on the, it won't be on the screen, so that's why. <laughs> um, but yeah, so what this verse right here says, you know, and why I'm tying this into what we're saying right here, it says, share his name and life with others. So let's, we'll read this first, but when I, you know, what it says right here, it says, when I say unto the wicked, thou shalt surely die, and thou givest him not warning, nor speakest to warn the wicked from his wicked ways to save his life, the same wicked man shall die in his iniquity. But his blood will I require at thine hand. 
Yet if thou warn the wicked, and he turn not from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity. But thou uh, hast delivered thy soul. And again, so this is, this is more of like a practical application because if you look at it, your soul has already been delivered, right? Through, through, uh, through Christ's sacrifice. But think about your testimony, right? How can you, how can you kind of pair that with this? So why I'm gonna, what I'm going to charge you guys is your testimony can be a warning to people. You know? Because one day you're going to have to go in front of the Lord and you're going to have to answer for all those people you came in contact with and you're like, I didn't tell them anything. I didn't say a word to them. And that's, I don't know, I don't want to be the guy that sits there in front of the Lord and is like, yeah, I didn't tell them. And then the Lord's going to be like, well, why? And I don't want to have to answer that question as to why because I don't want to know what reason I had not to share the gospel with somebody. Um, but that's something, I think it's a cool verse to look at there. You know, that, that it can warn people to like, get away from their wicked life, you know? And if they don't accept the gospel, well, then that's on them because they, that's, that's their choice. But at least you did your part for the kingdom, and that's, that's what really matters. Um, all right, so we're going to end up in prayer here. Um, we'll let the, the praise team come up, and then, or no, you guys aren't doing one, no. Never mind, you guys aren't doing one more. So we're just going to end in prayer, and then we're going to do questions, all right? All right, um, so thank you, Lord, again for um, just bringing us all together and being able to hear your word and, and that your words magnify yourself alone, but we have a part that we can play to magnify you. And, and Lord, praise you for giving us the gospel and giving us the sacrifice of your son and, and being able to give that to other people. Um, Lord, we are all so thankful for that. And, and anybody that doesn't know that, um, man, let this be the night that they choose you know, to pick you as their Savior, and to confess that they're a sinner, and come be part of that, that family that, that brings joy and peace and, and has mercy riddled all through it, Lord. Um, we ask this all in your name. Amen.